another episode of Playing Dress Up, the podcast where we truly unravel how people get into the con scene and talk about how they continue to navigate it. Oh, an absolute sweetheart is joining us on the pod today. Each time I see her, my heart flutters because I know good times are bound to be had. She can truly be found all over cons within the DMV area. DMV does not stand for Department of Motor Vehicles, but for D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. That's a fun fact. To my knowledge, she's been going to cons since 2013 and has been a lovely presence at them ever since. It might be longer. I don't know. I do my research, and that's what I know. Truly a good time gal in every sense of the word, just not the Urban Dictionary definition. Go look it up if you want. I already warned you. She easily befriends everyone she meets, and you can't help but love her. The woman who can drink me under the table with her Danish heritage, it's Camilla. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) I did not expect that one. (laughs) And ooh, baby, what a treat it is, because it's all facts. (laughs) Also, great. Was it 2013 we met? No, I stalked you aggressively. <laughs> and oh. that's how I, I well, <laughs> that's the first photo on Facebook is like, Camilla attended Katsukon. I was like, sick. Um, when we met, that's a better question. Cause I want to say that's probably like 2016, 17, maybe. I don't know. I'm on the keys. I'm going to find this out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I even post. Yeah. There should be like a photo from Colossal East which is the first time I ever went, and that was the first time I met you. Oh, my God, really? It was Colossal East, though. Colossal East, Colossal in Ohio. Wow, I keep doing that now. Oh, my God, that's right. Our friendship started (laughs) not on the (laughs) East Coast like normal people. We started all the way in the middle of the country. Uh, God, yeah, and so I just double-checked it. June 2016, so it has been an almost lovely four years knowing you. (laughs) That's, wow. Literally, I thought awesome. I thought it was a shorter time period, but you know, time flies. It does. It really does. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! Colossal is really where we first met. <laughs> I'm just literally like, what? <laughs> like, oh, of all the times that like I've been to like everything in the DMV area, like Katsu, AUSA, like <laughs> occasionally Otakon, and like Magfest, like the whole gambit. We never met yeah. there, but. For whatever no. reason, the middle of the country. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly odd in my opinion. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I feel like, oh, do you even remember? Like, because <laughs> I'm like, I have a very hazy memory of how we met. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do remember. Say it. <laughs> okay, so I remember uh, hanging out with like Nick and Sam and their group of friends, and you. I think it was either your friend's room or something, but they were staying there and we, we were hanging out and you showed up and there was one person who kept asking for my real name and they thought my real name was actually my handler name because of the character from Fire Emblem named Camilla. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and it was rather interesting. And then you come in and the first thing one of them goes and tells you when they introduce you to me is, this is Camilla and she can probably drink as much as you. <laughs> And you go, you're European, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, yeah, how'd you know? And you're just like, the fact that they said that you could probably drink as much as me. (laughs) (laughs) 
it, it's so funny because it's like when you go to a cons, it's like there's very very few people that are like of my stature or can easily drink me under the table because the only reason like why I sometimes sleep so early is because I'm drinking like jungle juice and it's garbage. It's a garbage drink, uh, and so like I make it with the base of Everclear. Not recommended. I'm stopping that now because I'm older now and I make a little bit more money and I can afford nicer things. And so when I met Camilla for the first time, I was like, wait a second. In a scene that's mostly dominated by Asians, you're clearly not Asian. You're white, but you can't be like white from America. You got to be like white European imported. And that's why I said that. <laughs> and I was like, you're one of the heavier drinking countries because nobody can can confidently say that to me. And just walk away with that. I just like that that was how our friend introduced me. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny because it was like at probably one of the biggest party cons in the United States. Uh, and that's, <laughs> and truly like in our, with our huge Kalahari cups, just chilling, running around this hotel, the full gambit, into the jacuzzis, into the hot tubs. Yeah, that honestly, it was funny. And then since then, that was, yeah, that's how we met. It, it's so fun because it's like the amount of times that I've kind of made friends like that, like where it's like somebody introduces me to someone and it's like a one comment kind of deal. Um, and I was just like, what? Okay, yeah, we're friends now. Like, and so and so what happened was uh, my good friends, Lucy and Sarah, uh, Survivor Days and Rainbow Rex, who I talk about constantly on this podcast, um, they both come up to me in the middle of Katsukan and Lucy points at Natalia and it goes, hey, this is Nat. You need to meet her. She's a treat. And I was like, okay, hi, Nat. How's it going? And she's like, what? And I was like, now we're friends, I guess. <laughs> My two good friends introduced me to you. So now now we must know each other. <laughs> wow. It's, That's awesome, though. It is, it is literally, I think, the one beautiful, beautiful thing about cons is, like, how, how fast friendships can happen. Because, like, yeah. sometimes it feels, like, instantaneous. Like literally that one little blip was just like and magic happened and now we're friends and now i see her and like it's like a amazing amazing treat to see her every time oh yeah it, like i feel like that's pretty that's the awesome part about cons is the how quickly you can make friends yeah like they're interested and that's coming because i i actually started cosplaying in 2012 ha <laughs> Or at the end of 2012, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and I suffered from, I still suffer from it, but it's social anxiety. Yeah. So I never thought I would be able to like, just kind of like just talk to people the way I have and all that. It's, it's crazy. But you find your comfort zone. Exactly. And, and that's the most important part because in the podcast, two weeks before this one releases, um, we sort of talk about how, you know, cons is really a space meant for everybody. Um, sure, like you can have everything, anything about you, you know, whether they are more physical disabilities, um, whether, you know, it's like the color of your skin might be stigmatized in some way, shape or form by like society at large, but like you come to this space and it's a safe space. Or, you know, you might have some issues, you know, with, 
you know, just certain mental things, whether it is social anxiety for the most part. Um, and you kind of find your tribe, you figure out your own pace in this sort of very large scale environment. And the, the wonderful thing about it is that it's insanely welcoming is what I found to be like almost always the truth, no matter what con I go to. That's very true. Yeah, because like I, I thought it was so fascinating and all that. And I was actually nervous um, going to cons, especially the first time because I didn't know anyone. And the, the, the people who took me for my first time going to the con, first thing they did was take me straight to dealers, uh, dealers alley. Mm -hmm. And then within five seconds, they were gone. Right. I was just like lost. And then I was like, okay, I'm like a lost child. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I have no clue what, what to do, what's going on and all that. And then I was like, on top of that, they never told me the hotel room. Oh, no. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So I could not find my way back. So I was like, kind of literally a lost child in dealer's room. And I was like, I'm somebody who suffers with social anxiety. I'm dyslexic. Um, what do I do? Right. <laughs> and lucky, luckily, somebody uh, from my college campus recognized me and knew me. And they're like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm lost. Please help. <laughs> <laughs> and so they did. I was So we hung out and all that. And then finally, we were able to find the people who brought me and all that. And I was like, wow. That, yeah, first experience of a con. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, that's how, like, lovely it is. Like, it's such a it's such a big scene. And, like, especially for, like, your first time at a con, for your friends to, like, throw you in dealers, which is, like, one... It's kind of a good space, mostly because it's like, oh, you can be on your own. You know, you can peruse the dealers, see what they have to sell and be like, oh, my God, I've never, you know, seen something that I've liked outside. You know, like, let's say, like at your local Walmart dollar store, you know, whatever stores you peruse and you're like, I can buy fan merchandise here. And this is an insane concept to me. But then also, like, by the time you're done with the amazement and bewilderment, you turn around, it's like, where's my friends? <laughs> Yeah, and like the nice thing though was even when I was lost though, yeah, I was kind of nervous, but people were so nice. They they were really really friendly, and I I, I honestly think that kind of helped yeah. making me feel a little less nervous. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I know we had a listener question, like you know, really just how to navigate your first con, and where you're kind of like all alone in the beginning, and so like I feel like this experience really like helps encompass that. Like even though you didn't enter the con you know by yourself wholly you walked in with friends but the fact that like you were alone for that brief period in the dealer's room and you still felt at home after you know the first uh, initial onset of social anxiety kind of hit and you're like oh people are nice like oh my god i ran into somebody i didn't expect and they're here <laughs> yeah. nice thing was they were like really tall so they could like look over everybody's head and to help me find the people who lost me yeah <laughs> <laughs> The one downside about being my height, <laughs> you can't really see over anything. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, you are up to my shoulder. So I want to say. Oh my God. Yeah. No. Five, uh, six? At... I have no idea. <laughs> Last Katsu, uh, when I met up with you, uh, a bunch of your friends like approached and um, we were talking and out of nowhere, I, I did not expect it, but it was like a wall because you all were like the same height and I'm just like up to your guys' shoulder. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wow, you guys can literally talk over my head. <laughs> what a treat. I was like, oh, for reference, I am six foot. So it's like a, a good majority of the con is normally at my shoulder. So it's like, that's not like out of the ordinary. <laughs> but like for us to form a wall, it's like, wow, 
I'm here. By the way, guys, just look down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually looked. I was like, wow, okay, this is because I've never met um, anyone else really that was as tall as you. Yeah. Or like in our friend group, and then all of a sudden your other friends showed up out of nowhere, and they were just as tall as you. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Just a bunch of con giants, baby. Yeah. But I mean, hey. But it was so funny. Oh, that is absolutely funny now that I think about it. Because it's like, I'm, I'm, I've never used to like the short experience. Like, I've never been down there, so I don't know what it is to look up. But like, at the few times when somebody is like, let's say like six foot five six foot six and i'm six and i'm literally like i have to look up and i i'm just like damn can you like chop off a kneecap or something like this isn't <laughs> right like i think you're too tall <laughs> yeah no see you would fit in really well in denmark because they're all about your height if not a little taller right i was like but but that that i feel is like the cap for me i was like that is fun like socially like i was like i can go into public transportation i can go by doors doors are made for me um maybe not in other countries but for now i'm okay <laughs> no like it's so funny because our uh friends if they ever visit here um from denmark the mattresses here are too small like they're too short for them their feet would hang off the bed literally that's why i'm literally like if i was any taller i don't think i'd enjoy the experience <laughs> at least in america like it's just like no yeah like i was like what like a queen size comforter on my bed like i want to like snuggle up in it wholly like i don't want to be like throwing <laughs> things around just to make it barely past like my shins <laughs> yeah that is way 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 too much work for me and but it's like even like at my height like when i went to japan for like the first time like we stayed in kyoto for like one leg of the trip and kyoto is a lot more um, the way their architecture is a lot more traditional of, like, traditional Japanese for the most part. And, like, I had a hard time, like, getting into our Airbnb sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, in Tokyo, perfectly fine because I guess the, the way that they make it is just, like, it's a little bit more westernized. Um, but still, like, certain elements um, stay true to, you know, Japanese architecture. But in Kyoto, it was, like, wholesale we're slamming down, we're locking down on the Japanese portion. And I was like, I'm too tall for this house. <laughs> and I paid money, so I have to figure out how to sleep here. Oh no. It was it was fun. Like you would you would fully like run around and be like, you could walk you could easily walk through doorsteps. No big deal. Me, I'd have to be like weirdly <laughs> like aware a hundred percent of the time navigating that house. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of our friends who have to, like, be aware of door frames sometimes because they'll just, like, hit the top of their forehead, possibly, on the doors. Yes. Yeah, so that is something I've always, like, saw with them, and I'm always like, yeah, now you understand that being too tall has its downside. <laughs> That's, like, the only time. Any other time, it's great. I look tall. I have a presence in a room. It's wonderful. The moment... I physically hit my head as I'm like, let's say going down the stairs to the basement of like my friend's house. I'm like, I'm like, why? Why did God not make these taller? <laughs> Who thought that, this was fine? I'm like, I'm always like, oh man, that's so scary because stairs, like come on stairs. Yeah, no, I have hit my head so many times at my best friend's like house. Cause it's like the way his house is set up is like, you know, all the living quarters are upstairs, let's say. And then downstairs is where like we play video games. It's kind of like our dude cape whatever we don't have i don't drink mountain dew um but like what happens is like 
we have to go downstairs. He's a little shorter than me. I want to say he's like a solid 5'9", five, 5'8", five, but he's lived there all his life. So like he can go downstairs like like nobody's business. He goes down, up, no, doesn't have to think about it. And then I would walk in and the first few times I remember I constantly hit my head like <laughs> right at that little like ledge before you get into the basement because I have to duck my head down a little bit to like make it in. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with your house? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's always been like this. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I live here. And I was like, your house is made for short people. And he's like, no, dude, <laughs> like it's perfectly fine. <laughs> and I was, I remember being like so offended each time it happened. Yeah, no, it's, that's the funny thing though. I do think is like, there are benefits for being short and then there's benefits for being tall mm. and then there's the downsides for both and all that oh my god and i think my mom she finds it so hilarious because she's tall yeah she puts all the stuff that we usually like to use on the top shelves <laughs> where we can't read and then whenever we're like we can't reach that she goes why not there's a stool even with the stool we cannot reach stop <laughs> are you serious <laughs> I like just showed my mom. I was like, even with the stool, I still cannot reach, and I'm tiptoeing on the, at the same time. And then it's like really funny. And then my mom's like, "Wow, short." <laughs> She's like, "I really did raise a bunch of short people. This is wild. Y'all supposed to be tall like me." <laughs> and then it's so funny because on my dad's side of the family, they're like part Italian, and he goes, "Sorry, you got the Italian short gene." <laughs> I mean, honestly, okay, that's real because I do know, <laughs> I do have like my my sister did marry um into like her husband's Italian, they're all Italian, and so I get to like be very close with a family that is also Italian, and so I never know if the terms like sister in law, I don't think the term sister in law, people always correct me, but it's like the sister of <laughs> of the man that my sister married. The term is not sister-in-law, but I keep saying she's my sister-in-law. I don't know the name of the term. I'm going to oh, roll man. with sister-in-law. <laughs> so anyway. I know it's not that. <laughs> I know it's not that, but I'm still going to be ignorant. It's all good. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> so anyways. So my sister-in-law, like, her husband is tall. Like, her husband is taller than me. Like, he's, like, six foot one, six foot two. And so it's like, ah, oh, there he is, done the tall one. And you're like, sick. He's like the only person I will accept being taller than me. Because I was like, you know what? You're married to my sister. I have to accept you. And <laughs> then then I see his sister. And it's like, oh, you're short. Like, all my friends. Like, you are, like, solid, like, five foot six. And then I look at the rest of the fame. It's like, all of you guys are around this height. What happened to you, John? You are wildly tall. <laughs> and it's like, like you said, the Italian gene. It just happens. Yeah, because, like, I'm taller than my aunts. Yeah. So it's rather interesting. And so I was like, I really didn't expect that. So, yeah, that's where the short dream comes from for me. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's interesting because it's, like, for me growing up, like, at first my parents were like, oh, he's like us, da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, I hit puberty, and then I was taller than my parents. And my parents, like, looked at each other, and they're like, what happened? <laughs> where did he get this? This is insane. And, like, I am fully blood related to my parents but like i i have to look like when i go visit them i have to look down <laughs> like it is like a solid diagonal into their eyes like y'all good down there um <laughs> and they'd be like yeah I've, I've actually witnessed that with some of my friends who are taller than their parents and it's so funny because sometimes their parents always question it they're like 
where'd the hype come from oh yeah seriously like like my parents have like this whole conspiracy theory well it's not a conspiracy <laughs> theory but it might as well be because uh when i show photos of me and my parents so a bunch of my friends they're like wow you guys look wildly different because I'm, I'm mixed so it's like i'm gonna get traits from one side more than the other sometimes it'll skip a generation and so that is the running theme with my parents my parents my parents are like you definitely got it from both like your genetic skipped generation because it's like one i'm darker than like my dad which is the darkest person out of my mom and dad and he was like you got it from my grandparents because they were dark and I was like, okay, so that solves one mystery. What's the other one? Why am I taller than you guys? And then both of them were like, our grandparents were tall. <laughs> and so I was like, oh. oh. So it's like, fun fact. Genetics can skip a generation. Oh, oh yeah, no. Uh, my little sister has a really unique um, trait uh, that skipped both my mom, my little sister, oh, not my little, my older sister and me. Yeah. Um, And it, so it was my, my Danish grandma who had this. And it's where your hair in a certain location on your head is a different color, like a different shade. Oh. So my little sister has like this almost bl platinum blonde underneath, like really dark brown, almost black hair. And it does not dye. Like you can dye your hair as many times as you want, but that part of the hair will not be colored. What? It is so interesting. Yeah, it's so cool. That's insane. But it skipped both my mom, my, little, uh, my older sister and I. I would love that. Little sister didn't even know about it until like um, I want to say a few years ago, like when I was like braiding her hair and I saw I was like, that's interesting. So and then my mom told us about that genetic and we we're like, oh, well, that's cool. That's so sick. That's oh, I love I love little things like that because I was like I came from like two different like cultures. So I don't know what like genetics can like happen like as they get past the generations i know nothing about science let me preface this i know nothing i don't read up on science i'm an idiot and so like when i hear like a bunch of like these like differences through genetics like the one you just described there's also like heterochromia which i think is like so cool it is like my my mom's friend has uh heterochromia oh my god like and it, the the fact that like it takes like such different like ways like how heterochromia can affect the eyes where it's like one eye is like completely different color than the other some can be like a mix of colors in one eye and i'm just like oh my god so cool i remember um i went on a date with somebody that had heterochromia and i literally was like <laughs> it was probably like my first time ever seeing it in person and i didn't know how to i was like are you wearing a contact on purpose they're like what i was like hmm <laughs> wait you're not. He's like, no, I'm not. I was like, that's your eye? He's like, yeah. I was like, that's <laughs> so cool. It's it's really interesting. Um, because her two daughters never got the trait though. So uh, but they like it's they did get their um uh, mom's uh because their mom had a blue and a green eye. Yeah. Already automatically rare. Like my mom has green eyes and my older sister has blue eyes, but my little sister has brown, almost black eyes, and I have like hazel brown eyes that change color depending on lighting and mood, which right. is weird. But it was like her kids never got the, the heterochromia, but one got blue eyes and the other one got green eyes. Right. That's sick. Yeah. Like, and it's so rare for them to like, for people to get blue or green eyes. Cause it's such a rare genetic. Oh yeah. It's like a recessive gene. And it's like, cause it's like literally the, you can have like blue eyes and like your spouse has Brown. And it's like, if you are, 
your normal cisgendered couple passed down the dominant trait is the brown eye so your blue eyes will have a very low chance like i think it's like a 25 percent. there's some weird genetic math out there but i'm gonna say 25 percent. there's a 25 percent chance that it can get passed down and so when it does get passed down it's like great because that's what that was my sister was dealing with that and she was like i want my baby to have blue eyes and i was like girl that's on you good luck i hope <laughs> i hope his sperm fights your eggs so your baby can have blue instead of brown and the baby came out with beautiful blue eyes and i was like jesus christ i wish was <laughs> my older sister she said the same thing because my brother-in-law has brown eyes and my nephew came out with blue eyes i was like you got your wish <laughs> every time and i was like it's not saying that like blue eyes are inherently like the superior eye but the thing is that like my favorite part like because i as i've talked about on this podcast i love modeling skincare beauty all this fun stuff but the thing is like because your eyes like as the quote famously says it's the window to the soul um so when you look at somebody with blue eyes like head on it's so piercing that it's almost mesmerizing versus where everything is very much like if it was brown uh where it's a much more like neutral shade compared to everybody else because everybody comes in various shades of like brown and beige and so do their hairs so when you see let's say light blue eyes or even green eyes it's so striking that your eyes are immediately drawn to it and you're like i want to say hello i need to make eye contact yeah <laughs> hello uh yeah no it's interesting i like how we were talking about cons and then we ended up <laughs> on genetic topic this is what this podcast is all about because i derailed topics by pure accident but i promise we'll get back to cons at some point oh no trust me i do the same thing and i'm like this could go either good or bad or we could just completely forget what we were talking about oh we will just fully forget (laughs) (laughs) we'll fully forget until the second half because that is the structure of this podcast i don't care i love that (laughs) it's it's super fun because i because like i don't know i've always had this like weird fascination with genetics because i think my my favorite one was that there is a african-american youtuber and she naturally has blue eyes i think i know who you might be talking about and i thought they were so beautiful i'm gonna it's gorgeous i'm gonna find it i'm on the keys <laughs> i'm on the keys, <laughs> on the keys. Yeah, no, I... okay her name i found it <laughs> So her name is Sydney Black. She is on YouTube. She, so it just runs in her family. It's in her genetics. Um, I remember that she did like in, like just a Q&A. She was like, everybody asks me like, do I pop in contacts? Yes, no, da 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 She doesn't. Her mother has these same blue eyes. And so it's just passed through genetics. And it's just like, it suits her like insanely well. Like, it's so gorgeous. And if you guys want to check out her Instagram, it's uh, Sid B as well. Uh, yeah, no, I get fascinated when I find like interesting traits and whatnot. And so I always end up like going down the rabbit hole of looking into stuff like that. But I'm no scientist. So I'm like, I'm like, I like just reading about these things and learning about it. So. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'll never have it. At this point, the only way I'll get close to that is straight up putting in my good old honey color contacts into my eyes and calling it a day and walking around with whatever eye color that I want. Oh, man. I mean, we're just going to be out here just fooling people through the guise of cosplay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny, though, because um, 
I've had people who uh, don't believe me when I say I don't wear foundation. Because um, I really don't. I, I, I go to cons and I, the only time I will really put on a full face of makeup is at cons. And, I, and that's only if I'm in the mood and if I'm like dedicated. Oh man. But most of the times I'm not wearing foundation. Like I don't wear concealer, cover up. Like I don't wear any of those really. Um, because I just don't like the feeling of it. It's so sinful because your skin is like insanely good. I remember like seeing you in person and I was just like, okay, well, let's just photograph sometimes so clean. Like her face is like just good. Like period. There's there's no like walking around that. And I remember like one day I got up in your face and was like, wait a minute, you're not wearing makeup? And she's like, nope. I'll just put a little eyeshadow, put on a little eyeliner, and I'll go about <laughs> my day. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, since, uh, middle, yeah, I've only worn eyeliner and a few times eyeshadow. I usually just like bring a simple lip gloss or lipstick eyeliner. That's it. I I absolutely would. Have, have you walked in on me while I was like in the middle of makeup? I forgot if you've ever been to my room, like, oh, I'm still getting ready. Uh, yeah, I actually have seen it (laughs) once. And I was like, oh, wow. It is it is a process for me to even feel comfortable <laughs> taking selfies. So, like, it is it is this spackle and layer that is, like, at least five layers of makeup in, like, a two-hour process before I'm like, I can be seen by people now. And then you are just out here like, well, good morning, everybody. I have no pores. Um, I put on my <laughs> eyeliner and I put some eyeshadow and a last lip and we're good to go, babies. And I'm like, oh, I man. wish, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I thought I had, like, not bad graces. <laughs> like, I honestly just didn't care. Like, the only reason why I don't wear cover-up really was because somebody told me that they're like, um, they don't think I should ever wear cover up and all that, and so I only stuck with eyeliner and conceal, uh, eyeliner and lip gloss. And um, and the thing is, I if I use concealer or cover up, I do actually break out. So that's also why I don't that's wear totally it. That's totally fair because I was like, one, you have such a great skin, like from the get go. Like you don't, you don't like absolutely need it. Like I think you are fine doing what you are doing, and. It's like you could do the whole shebang, but like you said, if you're not prepping your skin sometimes, some people easily break out just from like cosmetics because I have another friend just like that. And I'm just like, ooh, I'm sorry. But like, also, you don't need it. You're beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny, though, because I have had people come up with makeup wipes just because they didn't believe me. (laughs) It's insane because I was like, your skin is so even throughout. Like, it's not like you have, let's say, like rosacea like you have almost like you have no visible pores like i i am out here my skin is trying to breathe at all times like you can see the pores from a mile away (laughs) but like you are so smooth face like you might get a little like red in the cheeks like most people normally do but like that's it (laughs) and i don't know how my skin is like because i honestly don't i I only drink water And I only use water to clean my face. As long as you don't give skincare tips and tell people to just drink water, we are good. <laughs> yeah, no, I told because people have asked, I'm like, I, I honestly can't because I don't know what to tell you because I don't know what products work. I mean, I use the occasional face mask right. every now and then. But, like, that's it. That's it. It's all genetics, baby. <laughs> we made a full circle. <laughs> it did, it did. 
it is it is so like it's like you were just blessed with such clear skin no pores good face which makes it great for cosplay because it's like hell people are mistaking that they think you're wearing makeup like like a full beat like i normally do hell more power to you i mean somebody asked me what uh lip product or what lipstick color i used um on one of my selfies and i was like um i only have lip gloss on and it's clear that's my actual lip color <laughs> they're like it's it matches your uh, skin complexion and all that and i i love that color and i was like yeah uh, that's my actual lip color it's just a nice mauve just a soft mauve my because my lip color is kind of like really mm-hmm. i guess pigmented it is hard to conceal it like it is hard oh, to cover it up. yeah but i mean like i wouldn't you don't need to i was like that was like a are you talking about like the old trick back in the day where it's like we'll put a little concealer hide the mouth a little bit for like cosplay reasons yeah 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 it, it's a fun trick i was like okay i'm just gonna they're just gonna have to accept it doesn't look exactly no, like no, 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 there. No. and it's totally fine i was like it's a trick that i think reads much better on camera i think the reason why that makeup trick trick evolved was because like when people drew anime back 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 in the day no lips were drawn <laughs> everything everything was just the skin color so People were just like, how do we emulate that in real life? And so that's where, like, the concealer over the lips kind of happened. But, like, I have very – I have full lips myself. And so it. I remember trying to hop on board with that trend. But because, like, my lips are a little bit fuller than yours, the thing is we – texture will always show up on a camera more than color will. So it's like no matter what, I couldn't hide the fact Mm -hmm. that I had full lips. (laughs) So – so at some point, yeah. I was just like, I, this technique doesn't work for me. It might work for somebody else. Um, but whatever, my lips are always going to be my lips. And so the same goes to you. I was like, because your lips are so pigmented, like it's always going to kind of like bleed through that concealer. So be it. You have nice lips. Oh. Yeah. Do too. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. But, oh, uh, Camilla, we must take a break. back oh so camilla because we will talk about cons again um <laughs> aside from our genetics chat <laughs> which we are not scientists we don't know anything if you guys know better please let us know um drop something in the curious cat dot me slash playing dress up or yell at me on ig but since you went over it very very briefly in the beginning of the first part of this episode i would love if we could deep dive into it on how you got into cons well, it was, uh, I knew about cons when I lived overseas. I just never went to them because, well, they were always like four to six hours away. So not going to do that. <laughs> but I was always interested in them and fascinated with them when I lived overseas. When we moved to the States, I actually didn't even know that there were cons in the States, along with a few other things, which a lot of people find funny. But I kind of got to know about it when I entered college. And it was my first year at college, 2012, 20. 13 basically, that I went to my first con, which was Katsu. So I went and I had a blast. And so I was like, oh, I want to do this again. And since then, I've been going to cons. I love that for you. 
I mean, Katsu is your first con. Were you overwhelmed? Or were you just like, this is what it is? I've seen it online before, and now I get to experience it in person. I mean, yeah, I was kind of, like, overwhelmed. Um, because, like I said, I got lost in the dealer's room. And uh, it was very packed. Versus when you're out in, the, like, the gazebo area and the fountain, where it's a little more open-spaced. And it, was, it wasn't as crowded as it is now. Um, I feel like Katsu definitely has grown even bigger since when I first went. And then my second con I actually went to was Otakon. Okay. Yeah, I went to, those two were my first cons to go to. So Katsu first, my second con was Otakon. And then the people I had gotten to know introduced me to other cons. And then you just spiraled and black holed <laughs> and then met me in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ohio was the first time I actually even learned about Fire Emblem because I kept hearing people yell out Camilla. And I kept responding. And the thing is, I was like, who are these people who keep calling my name? And how do this many people know me? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't know them. <laughs> and then I, like, they were all like, they're not talking. They're not calling you. Trust us. They're, they're not calling you. I was like, oh, okay. Also, I'm in cosplay, so I don't know how they would know. <laughs> and then that was how I learned. So I, I thought it was funny. Oh, so I, I forgot. So before we get way, way, way too off track. So for your first con, did you cosplay or did you just attend as like an attendee? Um, the people I was going with, they wanted me to cosplay. The thing is, I honestly didn't have anything like they they have apparently been cosplaying longer than I have. So they actually had stuff. Um, so I just kind of had like this great costume thing because they cosplayed from Hitalia. So they asked me to cosplay a character called Mama Grease. And I was like, yeah, I guess I can. Because they were like, you look kind of like her. You would fit the profile and all that. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll cosplay her. I mean, if I had the stuff, I would have cosplayed Denmark and just full on speak Danish nonstop <laughs> just to mess with people. Like, <laughs> that would have been fun. But yeah, no, that was the first cosplay I did was Mama Grease. And it was just a simple costume, the only costume I had. And then I got into free. Oh that's 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 when we black hole. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my actual like first cosplay, I guess you could say, was cosplaying oh, from for free. Sure. And uh, <laughs> for those who don't know Hitalia, I mean, some people are like newer. Hitalia is not as popular as it was back, back, back in the day. Um, Hitalia was like this like Japanese webcomic, which was literally the best way to describe it is that there are gajinkas of countries. <laughs> um, there, there are humanized versions of countries. Like <laughs> there is the United States, the UK, like Germany like it's it's wild um but like it had such huge notoriety back in the day like it was like our days like homestuck pretty much like Hatalia overran yeah. cons left and right um and then people needed something new and hilariously free was like the next biggest thing <laughs> right after Hatalia and you just swam <laughs> yeah. right into it no pun intended <laughs> yeah and yeah no so I've cosplayed uh, from free. I've done different like AUs and all that for mm. cosplays for that for so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the last few years was when I actually stopped cosplaying from free. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny because like free brought so many things together. Like you couldn't, you couldn't go into a con without people seeing people in like skin tight leggings with like designs drawn on them. You know the jackets for the most part and then doing various characters where it's like Haru, Makoto, like all Rin, like all of these characters. I never watched Free. 
Um, I just, <laughs> I watched it from the side and clearly its impact is shown on me considering I could name those characters off the top of my head like that. Like, yeah. it's it's insane. And so the premise of Free, for those who don't know, um, it's pretty much an anime about competitive swimming. Um, and so you watch the swim club compete and all this fun stuff and rivals. It's great. People like sports anime because it talks about growth, you know? Um, and so yeah. people mostly ate it up because I think this was the first anime that unapologetically fully pandered towards people who love male bodies is the best way I can say this. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like, and it was made by Kyoto and uh, animation. Like it, they're probably like one of the best studios to do things that like visually appeal the eyes. Um, and so it has like ridiculously like great animation just to showcase like abs and water sports. Like <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that Free started off as just a commercial. Well, no, it originally was like a novel, then mm -hmm. it was a commercial. And then because of the commercial, it got an anime. Yeah, that was like the fun part. Like, like KyoAni, which is Kyoto Animation, like they, they were just showcasing like their talents as a studio and like these really short commercials. Like there were like a few of them, but the one that gained the biggest notoriety mm -hmm. was the swimming club <laughs> commercial. And they were like, <laughs> What? We just wanted to show that we could do, like, water effects, people swimming, like, dynamic motions. And, like, we want this! And they're like, okay, I guess we're, we're doing this. And so... Yeah, and now it's getting a fourth season. It's insane. It's insane. The fact that they actually continued the storyline, though, into their college life, like, that's actually, like, interesting. They actually added, like, the slice of life. This is reality. This is the stress, like, people yeah, go through. Yeah, and... and it's so good. They were clever. <laughs> they they were smart. That is truly kings and queens and royalty of like truly marketing like a whole concept and running for it. Mm -hmm. So what happened was timeline wise, <laughs> the anime came out first and then the light novel was being produced at the same time. <laughs> That's insane. It's <laughs> a lot. You normally so for those that don't normally watch anime, um what happens is usually the source material will be like let's say like a webcomic or a manga and then that's usually like adapted into an anime or let's say like a film so for the fact that the anime came out from that commercial then the light novel was being produced at the same exact time and running and now the anime is still going like that's insanity like i don't think i've heard of many things that have gone that same production pattern so i'm like what it's also interesting because i do remember they actually even made a manga during the production of the anime so there is also a manga That's wild that is truly capitalizing on a moment like <laughs> <laughs> like i'm thinking about that now i'm like wow oh my god i want to see if i can find this commercial now it should still be on youtube man I, I, it should Oh my god, I did find it. I found it. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was just, like, very impressed. So, yeah. So, it looks like the, the timeline... Wow, I can't believe we're doing a whole episode about free now. So, what happened is we went from genetics into free, baby. That's this podcast. So... <laughs> Somewhere around... We really do just <laughs> We really be just one brain cell running and going with it. 
Okay. So it looks like 2012, they released an image about this new project. April 2012. Okay. Then they released the commercial in March 2013. Then it went viral. Because I remember Tumblr lost their absolute shits. They were just like, oh, my God, everything that we wanted and more. And then we're like, okay, cool. Do what I like. I was like, whatever. I was like, I've seen enough fan servicey things. Like if it blows up, it blows up. Literally one and a half month later, KyoAni announced that it was going to be an anime. One and a half month. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. That is truly the royalty of marketing because they were just like, we're capitalizing on a moment and I want, I still see free at cons to this day. Actually, I think this last Katsu, I did see like three cosplayers cosplaying from yeah, free. Yeah, but like, even, even if it's like a low amount, it's like that shows like how strong that fandom is and how they're still there at a moment's notice. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's going to make a huge comeback with the last season or what's supposed to be the last season. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think a lot of, you know, Free's appeal is very much, you know, like, oh, my God, shirtless boys. <laughs> and I, I think it also with Free's release, like the way that Free impacted the con scene was kind of wild um, because I want to say Free was the first time that we saw crossplay become like wholesale. Oh, yeah. People were invested into crossplaying. Like there was there was sprinklings of crossplay. And for those that don't know what crossplaying is, let's say you're um, a female presenting person, but you want to dress up as a male character. So that's the term crossplay. You're crossing genders um, and exploring yourselves through that medium. Like I do crossplay pretty frequently, which can now even be like drag at this point where like I myself as a boy and then I wanted to be Miss Piggy, so I did it. Um, whereas, you know, Camilla wanted, you know, female presenting for the most part, and then just did Haru. <laughs> you know, your local swim boy. <laughs> I, did, I cosplayed Haru, and I also cosplayed a character from Free called named Kizumi. Oh. So. Hello. I did not know that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I cosplayed him. Yeah, no, and then I, I think about it, and I'm like, I don't really know. Have I cosplayed a female character? And I'm like, I have. I cosplayed Kyoko from Bungo Stray Dogs. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, you definitely did. There, There's her. But it was funny because I thought there was another character I cosplayed. And then I found out later in the series that this character was not female. They purposely made ah. them look female. But they were male. So, like, most of my cosplays have been nothing but male. Wow. <laughs> and then... I do quite a bit of gender bending um, for cosplays, just so I can be a little more comfortable <laughs> without oh, binding. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say next. It's like, normally, like, we've seen crossplay, like, you know, at con sprinkled about, but like, that was the first time you saw binding and mostly open chest binding. Um, because people were like, we want to be our swim boys. We can still wear the jackets, like, over, but we want to, like, our, our, like, pretty much torso to be bare. Mm -hmm. um, and so you saw everybody and their mothers trying to tape their titties to the sides under their armpits. And <laughs> at first, we this was like, because people knew about drag techniques slowly evolving. So people who did their research knew what was up. But like people were like desperate to get the look because that's what cosplayers do. We risk our lives to get a look for whatever <laughs> reason. We are reckless. And so 
people were doing like such damaging things to their bodies just that like you know move the titties to the side hide it we they were like some i forget if athletic tape is good or not i don't have titties so i don't actively i uh, know well yeah it is it depends <laughs> you know more yeah i mean it's usually it's like you want to use the yeah. medical ones Oh my god, I remember meeting somebody who used duct tape. Oh my god, they used duct tape and that was so terrifying. Literally. And so so people wanted to be these swim boys so bad they were duct taping their titties to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and it's insane. Cause it's like you like you said, you should not be doing that. That is so harmful to your body. There's like so many other things that you use that it's more safe for your body that it's not gonna like rip your skin off. Yeah. So I mean that but ever since then, like because of free like I've seen b- people be a lot more confident in cross playing um, left and right because they've like honed in on these techniques. Like, like you said earlier, like whether it's like a binder and you know, like you said, binders aren't for some people. Um, Cause I have friends that also can't wear binders cause it'll like restrict their breathing. Their boobs are too big. It hurts. There's so many things um, that go into it. So it's like, did you ever find like a technique that works for you or just like, Nope, we're good. <laughs> Not, not for my body. <laughs> I did quite a bit of research just to figure out the different techniques and which one would work. Binder works fine. Um, I mean, I've learned how to do the open chest binding with a technique where you have to figure it out on your own self, like which is the best placement mm-hmm. because everybody's different with that. Um, so definitely when you, f- if you want to do open chest binding, definitely figure out what is the most comfortable um, and the position for your chest, like your boobs and all that, like figuring it out is a must because you can end up hurting yourself severely. <laughs> you don't want to. It's it's like cosplay is not worth like seriously injuring and harming your body. <laughs> it's fun. It's cute. I get it. I'm a cosplayer of many, many years, <laughs> but don't like hurt your body over it. Um, but like you said, like, yeah. Binding has so many different methods, just like makeup has so many different methods for different face shapes. Like, please research, try things, try, try first, don't commit. Yeah, practice. Yeah, practice definitely makes perfect. I mean, with you though, when I saw you at Katsu and I learned about the um, corset, I was like, Jill, you did not give yourself enough time. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I did my research and I. To be fair, I, I lasted pretty well. I lasted almost an entire day in the corset. And so if, so for any, yeah. like Camilla has worn corsets much, much, much longer than I have. I, when I had, as I outlined in like Zach's episode, um, I decided I want to be Miss Piggy and I wanted to be Miss Piggy so bad that I researched, like I did my research because I've never done a full body transformation before. And so normally when I do, let's say more of these crossplay looks, I'll, Put in some sock titties. Um, I really never used to like pad like my thighs um, for the shape. So I was like, whatever. I only knew the titties and I knew how to contour my face. But for Miss Piggy, I wanted the full body illusion. And so before going into it, I made sure I did all of my research. And so one of the main tips that I took is like, you can do everything else for like Miss Piggy fine. But because of a corset and the nature of a corset, you have to wear it at minimum. The keyword is minimum. <laughs> 14 <laughs> days before you can wear it all day. If you can train longer, train longer. It's definitely um, definitely useful. But if you're on a time crunch, you have to mandatorily do the two weeks. Um, but 
you know, I work a day-to-day job. I didn't know how to do it. So I was like, I need to find a way that I can train myself in this corset, but also make sure that, like, you know, my day-to-day functions at work aren't, like, restricted and all this fun stuff. And then I remember hearing through the woodworks, um, my friend who's uh, Crimson, crimson.co on IG, they were like, oh, I fully slept in corsets and it's totally safe. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. And then I Googled. I was like, this is crazy. That's crazy talk. But turns out you can do that. That is actually safe. Because what happens is like you're training in your sleep. Your body is trying to like figure out a new rhythm to breathing that is being placed against the restriction. Now, obviously, those first few nights that I tried to sleep in the corset, hell, hell. I felt like a mother that just gave birth to a newborn baby and I was waking up every two hours. Like, it was annoying. But by the end of that 14-day period, I could sleep an entire night. It was insane. Did you have it fully, like, laced up or did you at least adjust it every, like, so you didn't, like, restrict yourself immediately? Because I was tying it up myself, like, I couldn't get the full lace. So I would say the tightest I did was, like, towards just around my waistline because that was where it was going to be, like, I really wanted that silhouette to be. Because naturally I sit at a 32, 33-inch waist. I wanted that 30-inch, pushing 29. Um, And so I, I only focused the reduction there while I was sleeping. I didn't focus it any lower, like, towards my hips. I didn't put it any higher towards my ribs. Um, And then, like, obviously as the nights went on, I gradually tried to figure out ways to, like, get the full body in. Um, but it wasn't until the day of the con where Lucy strapped me in fully. It's usually a two person job. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me tell you, I was like, oh, I slept in a corset for 14 days. I know what it is. And then Lucy put me in <laughs> the corset and I was like, oh, this is what it is. <laughs> like I, I felt the air leave my lungs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. insane. But, like, to give context, like, I got into that course at around, like, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Time. Um, 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. I got out of it only at, like, 10 or 11 p.m. It wasn't, like, the first night of the con, too, when I saw you and you showed me the corset? That was the the day of Miss Piggy. The night that I was also additionally training... Because I was training literally up until, like, the, like, nth hour before I wore Miss Piggy. That was, what night was that? That was Thursday night. So I wore the course. Yeah, I wore the corset the moment I woke up and was, like, and I started working remotely that day. So I was in that corset from 9 a.m. till when you saw me in the lobby. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, I mean, like. I saw your corset and I was like, yeah, at least you got the, like, the proper corset for what you wanted to do because um, corsets can be complicated to figure out because that one was one of those that's supposed to like be seamless yeah. underneath. So it's like, that is also like a fun fact. I was like, this is just going to be a crossplay tutorial now. We went from genetics, free, the crossplay. Anyways, so... <laughs> we are just all over the We're place. We're out of the place. So honestly, yes, make sure you do your research on which corsets you want to wear for reduction because there are overbust, underbust, things that are meant to be worn over clothes, like a fashion corset, things that are meant to be worn under clothes. Any corsets. Right. And so just definitely make sure. Yeah, there's like a lot. 
yeah, the gambit goes on and on and on. My, what I what I realized after the fact was that if you want more of a definitely much more seamless corset, there's like mesh corsets that can sit underneath garments more often, as long as they're steel boned to give you that support, you should be fine. <laughs> and let me tell you, I've never felt so much posture support before. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that's the one thing that is so great about corsets. It's basically they're, they're like a back brace. They help your spine with posture because, <laughs> like, I have a back brace, and I'm like, the corset does exactly what the back brace did. It really does. Like, I remember just being like, oh, I've never sat so straight up in my entire life. Like, this is insane, and I kind of like it because it feels like I'm standing up as I should be versus, like, when I slouch in a chair and I'm like, oh, whatever. It like you feel good about it. Like it's like oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's it's super great. I mean, you can't do very too much like strenuous tasks. Like or if like you yeah like it, it bending down in a corset is also oh, kind of a challenge. My God, it was annoying. Because <laughs> I remember so it's like in Miss Piggy I wore heels and I remember like I was just. I took a break in my friend's room because I was like, I am just tired. I was just exhausted. So I was like, I, can I come to your room? And he's like, oh, do you want to eat? I was like, no. At this point, I just want to lay down. <laughs> like, I could care less that there's food in your room. I'm glad that you're offering me. Like, I just want, I just need to lay down in company of people and there's nobody in my room right now. Um, And so I went to his room. I kicked off the heels. And then I was like, oh, I, right. I have a corset on underneath this dress. I can't take it off. So it was this weird, like, <laughs> well, keeping my entire torso <laughs> upright, sh like shimmying down <laughs> to make sure I can lay down. And then when I wanted to get up, I'd be like, can somebody hold my hand and just pull me straight up because <laughs> I can't bend or I'll just move to the yep. side and then you pull me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I had to learn that, like, with my back brace and like because I had gotten a back race due to a car accident and so i had back problems for a while but yeah uh, you learn how to bend down after a while but yeah no i learned the hard way with the back race i learned it with the corset like you you basically got to be very flexible to be able to do what others have who have worn corsets way longer than i have and all that like i've seen people who have worn corsets for such a long time where they they just know all the tricks and all that to get what they need <laughs> oh, yeah fully i was like i don't know what i was thinking that it was going to be super simple to like wear a corset because i was like jenny i want to dance i want to do like fully feel special by twice with you and then i got into it oh, no. and i was like i can't move <laughs> i was like jenny i can't dance <laughs> the also interesting thing is when you wear a corset you really feel like you don't really feel hungry i forgot about that <laughs> It basically limits the amount like that you eat. Yeah, I wow. I literally did not think about that until you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got in the corset in the morning. I bought something from Walmart. It tasted like garbage, so then I threw it out. So I only ate like half of it. And then the entire day I was in that corset. So I didn't eat anything. I drank like a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wild. And then at night, I ate, like, Chipotle for, like, the first time. <laughs> yeah. You don't really think about it until it's, like, pointed oh, out. Yeah. God. Yeah, this is another part. It's, like, cosplayers just don't eat. But, like, that, I had an excuse not to eat. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. But remember at AUSA, that, um, 
when I helped with uh, Cosmo yeah. Crown and all that. But like, I had that blue corset yes. on. <laughs> that was also the day we went to the host club and all that. And it was also the day that me and you took uh, shots and all that. I literally did not eat like that was rather an interesting night because I was like I've had a few snacks here and there but I mostly just had like water Gatorade and then your uh jungle juice and a few shots honestly yeah all in that corset so like yeah you mostly just drink when you're like in a corset like you just want to have like be hydrated basically the entire time yeah because that that's literally all I ever wanted to do like I think yeah, I was sipping on some of my jungle juice. I drank a Red Bull. That was all that entered my body in this corset and nothing else. Because, like, it's, like, corsets make, like, I don't know what it is. It's, like, a workout almost kind of thing. But it's, like, you just want to have something to drink every time. Or at least for me. I'm, like, I just need water, Gatorade, something. I'm I just need something in my stomach to pretend that I'm full. <laughs> And so it works. <laughs> it fools me. Um, it fools my body, and I'll pay the price later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it works every time. But I mean, only time I'm ever gonna wear a corset again is maybe Colossal East for a photo shoot. But we shall see. Oh uh, yeah. Oh well. I gotta. I'm planning on going to Colossal East. I just gotta figure out. Where oh, and honestly, <laughs> we gotta figure out if Colossal East is still happening. But we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Because then I was like, I can join you with wearing a corset so you're not alone. Oh, I <laughs> hope so. I was like, luckily, it's just for, like, a group. So it's like, because I was like, I would love to be in the water, assuming this whole situation blows over. But we, I'll figure that out at that point. If not, it'll just be photo shoot central, and I will be a-okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Up, all I do at Colossal, anyways, all I do is photo shoots. <laughs> and then, I mean, yeah, I kind of do that because I take photos for people so i'm always like as soon as i'm done i'm like i want to go to the pool oh camilla that is a good segue into our listener questioner wow i don't even know english it's just oh, listener yeah. question what's a question <laughs> oh good i don't know much english either honestly that makes two of us thank god <laughs> <laughs> so i've had this question for a while and i was waiting for the right moment mm. because the best why I wanted to ask you is because we have a lot of friends who are trans and they're going through that experience. And so I figured for now, until I get to like later podcasts, I didn't want to delay this question too long. I know I promised this answer. Um, so I want to discuss it with you. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Hey, I want to know how one gets comfortable in front of a camera. I'm trans. So for me, my relationship with photos is weird. I can't tell when I look good, what is good lighting, or how comfortable I look in a pose. I work really hard on my cosplays and I get asked for photos a lot, but I know I must look stiff. But I'm actually really happy and confident when I'm in them. Any advice on how to practice? I got surgery, so dang it, I want to flaunt and look as happy as I feel. I mean, I if you have a mirror, practice poses in front of a mirror. Um, and once you figure out which, like, you prefer angles and all that like if you have like a favorite side you prefer being photographed on definitely let the photographer you're working with or anyone like know so that way they can get the good side you prefer or like the angle you prefer um but building up a, re a relationship or trust being able to trust your photographer is another thing like um if you're booking for a photo shoot definitely make sure you feel comfortable with your photographer like make sure you 
one, get good vibes off them, two, ask as many questions as you need to to feel comfortable. Um, and then tell them like what you prefer and all that. And then the photographers, they would usually, or in my opinion, as a photographer, I usually try my best to get the best lighting possible. And I like to use natural lights a lot. So I do try really hard to get the perfect lighting on whoever I'm photographing on top of if they are okay, I will tell them if they can move like their arm a certain way or like stand a certain way just to give them that perfect angle. And then I'll show them the photo and then see if they like that one or prefer a different. So it's like a lot of trial and error, but definitely practice in front of a mirror to figure out what you really like and then let them know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, my answer is pretty much going to be mostly the same as Camilla's. Um, I guess the, the one caveat to this question would be, I guess, how far along are you in sort of your trans journey? Because some people prefer to go pre-op and post-op, but I can easily understand how you wouldn't, your relationship with photos is weird if you're a little bit pre-op because you feel that you're not a true um, sort of image of what you would expect your body to be. Um, so, I mean, regardless of that, I mean, one, it's just learning to be comfortable with the body that you're in now. Um, it takes a long, long time. I'm probably one of the wild, I'm probably one of the few cisgendered males that can understand the trans post-op experience because I've had surgery very similar to that. Um, but for gynecomastia, something entirely different. So I have the same scars. I understand the whole healing process. If you guys need tips about that and don't have anybody to talk to, please let me know. Um, but so I understand like, you know, you're, your body is either where you kind of want it to be, but you need the healing or it's not. And you're trying to figure out ways to work with. And that's where the power of knowing certain poses and how certain angles will flatter you. Um, because the way that, let's say, I pose in Miss Piggy is going to be wildly different the way that I pose in, let's say, a more male character like um, Uzui Tengen from uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba or Demon Slayer. Um, they're two different poses because mm -hmm. one with Miss Piggy, I want to accentuate the S line. I want to be bustier. I want to I want to be more feminine in all the ways that I move. I want to give you that fantasy. I sprayed Daisy by Marc Jacobs on me for hell's sake, you know? <laughs> and then in, you know, a, a male character, I want to be more stoic. I want to have that presence on camera. So I'll like flare out my lats a little bit. I'll try to command as much space around me um, for the most part, I might flex a little bit, even though I don't really like to flex, but I'll, I'll try to have that intimidating presence on camera. Um, but the only way you're ever going to learn on sort of what flatters for you, or at least in your eye of how it'll translate into photos, is practicing in the mirror. Um, practicing in the mirror is obviously going to be key um, just to get down the posing. And another thing that I want you to also be um, wary of is that I know you mentioned that you get asked for photos a lot. Um, and the thing is, you can't, like I mentioned, like we talked about in Yovana's podcast, you know, sometimes how it works, you know, con hall shots are not always going to be the greatest photo of you. <laughs> let's let's be real. Oh, yeah. I've gotten somewhere. I was just like, I look like that. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I looked better than that. And, like, most of the times it's these people that just want a quick photo. They don't care about posing you, you know. They they just see the character that they like and they get very excited and they want a photo. So my other tip on that would be hiring your own photographer or if you don't have the means to, which is totally fine. Not everybody has money. What you can do is actually get a friend um, to be like, hey, can you just get, like, you know, a few photos of me just so that I'm something have something to be proud of and thing is with a friend you can at least have that banter back and forth and be like "Mm, i didn't like this photo can you tell me if like i looked a little bit weird like camille said being comfortable with your photographer is gonna be extremely key um so that's why i always recommend a good friend even though it's not like but it's even if it's like something on the back of a phone you know like nowadays even cameras on phones are getting wildly good um you can work with your friend and just be like "Mm, i didn't like this can you take this and you'll learn over time how to pose in front of a camera. Nobody is born being a natural in front of the camera because you don't know what's going on. The lighting is weird. There's so many factors that go into it. But at the end of the day, as I want to say, like even if the con hall shots are wild, as long as you feel happy and confident in your cosplays, honestly, wonderful. That's 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 the most important part. Being confident and happy, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That'll, that'll read on camera more than anything else. Um, I know as I'm reading this question and as I'm answering it, I was like, oh, you did say you got surgery. Um, so at least you're, what I'm assuming is, I kept this very general to people who are pre and post-op, um, but if you're post-op, then, you know, you are where you finally are. You finally made it. Congratulations. Yeah. You are much closer on your journey to being realized to who you are. Um, so then yeah. I would say, like I said, just work on the posing, be in front of that mirror, getting a good friend to help you through it. Um, but I really hope that answers your question. I think I covered that. I was like, do you have anything else to add? Or this is last minute thoughts, Camilla. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, I, I think you actually answered that just as well. <laughs> like, you put in some key points I had missed, and that's I think that's great. I was like, I, I want to make sure if you didn't get the full question answered, just let me know. I'm happy to answer this again. because, And like I said, if you need any tips post-op, let me know. It's wild. That's a wild journey to go on. Uh, but I wish the most on your recovery. I hope you are healed up if it's been a while. If not, it's a journey. You'll get there. I promise. But, oh, uh, Camilla. We've come to the end of this podcast. (laughs) This podcast that has been jumping from one conversation to another. (laughs) Baby, we talked about cons and then genetics. And then I forgot the rest because I have one brain cell and it cannot work overtime. I do not pay it. (laughs) I have the other half free to photography. (laughs) What a beautiful time. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, well, uh, if you guys ever want to find me, I am on Instagram and, uh, sorry, my username's kind of odd cause it is Danish. Um, but it's Mila Moose 93. Um, and hopefully I will have a link up on my Instagram for my photography page. Once I finish fixing it up. Oh yeah. So I was like, don't worry. Even though it's Danish, I'll tell the people where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask you what cons you're planning to attend, but for now they're on hold. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, if if all goes well, 
I don't think Otakon would really actually happen, but Otakon possibly, and then Colossal East possibly. Yeah. <laughs> right now, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to Fanime. I mean, right now, I'm just like, I want this kitchen done. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it. I hope your kitchen is done by the time this podcast comes out, because that's going to be wild if it isn't. Uh, honestly, I don't think it will. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> remember, you can ask any questions for myself or my guests to answer on the podcast at CuriousCat.me slash Playing Dress Up. We try to be as very thorough as we can in our answers, as you saw from today's podcast. I try to be very cognizant of all body types that are coming into this. I want this to be a safe space for everybody. So ask away. Um, ask stupid questions, honestly. Leave reviews on Apple Podcasts because I can read those too. I just realized. Anyways, <laughs> if you love this podcast, you can like it. You can rate it. You can subscribe. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>